and welcome to another jam-packed edition of the Municipals. Rising taxes are probably a reality. I'm a big advocate of change. Not change for change's sake. Change when something isn't working. I'm sure the NDP wishes that they had a less embarrassing federal partner to work with right now. Don't vote, can't pitch. The moment we go to an election is the end of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. And welcome to another episode of The Municipals. I'm Matthew. My name is Peter, and I am... No, I'm sorry, I'm joking. My name is Philip. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? Oh, my God. Uh, you know what? This man here, Philip, uh, he... Uh, we talked earlier in the week, didn't we? Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> man, it wasn't a good week for me. Um, a lot of shit has happened. And so Philip and I decided we're going to take this special episode or regular episode, I guess. And we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about a difficult subject. It might get, uh, it might get uncomfortable at times. We're going to talk about sex in the workplace. Um, And now we don't just have John Tory's example to talk about. We have other examples. I want to start with. Uh, the big one that started this past week. Uh, I know we haven't recorded in about a couple weeks. Um, so late last week, uh, the Wall Street Journal dropped a a lawsuit, sixty seven pages. Uh, a woman by the name of Janelle Grant is suing the WWE, Vince McMahon. And a guy by the name of John Laurinaitis. So I, I'm not going to read the thing blow for blow because it's 67 pages, but I, I'll give you the, I'll give you the high points. I get well, that's what the wall street journal did. Basically this lady, uh, you know, her, her parents died, but not before claiming bankruptcy. She lost her childhood home. She was living in some, duplex style apartment building uh and it just so happened that in that very same apartment building in connecticut vince mcmahon was living and uh basically she's friends with the resident manager the resident manager knows vince mcmahon so she says let me uh introduce you and and see if you can get a job there because she really she's desperate she needed a job Uh, she's in financial ruin and this was in January of 2019. And she doesn't start working for the WWE until June 2019 because they, you know, Vince wants to keep having these meetings with her to try to find the right job. And I think he's just, my personal opinion is he's just dicking her around. Uh, he, he likes to schedule, you know, personal meetings. He'll answer the door in his underwear he makes comments and he's pressing her for sex and it happens. And she does end up going to work for him. Um, but one of the unwritten rules of her employment is that she's there to serve him, service him sexually whenever he wants it. And then it turns into her servicing other people like John Laurinaitis or his physical therapist or, a quote WWE superstar who's a former UFC heavyweight champion. 
Um, uh, is there a name attached to that? And am I supposed to know who it is, or is that hush hush? No, 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 no. It's it. Listen, it's never been officially confirmed, but there's only one that I'm aware of. Uh, former UFC champion that was on the roster of the WWE, and his name is Brock Lesnar. I do recognize that name. So, basically, this guy did some horrific shit to this woman. Uh, during one threesome, he took a shit on her head. And I know that's it sounds funny. I mean, I laughed when I first read it because it's the the uh what's the word i'm looking for it's just it's just it's not something that you hear every day <laughs> and so when you when you hear <laughs> not, something not quite, like that, no when you hear something like that you it almost you almost laugh because you, you weren't expecting it um it's not funny though it really isn't because uh, it really did happen and it was a situation where she was made to keep going while the shit went from the top of her head all through her hair and stuff. Uh, this man, you know, he allegedly, we'll say allegedly, because it's still in court, uh, was physically abusive to her, sexually abusive to her, uh, sexual misconduct in the workplace, and um, sex trafficking. trafficking. Trafficking her out to other people. You know, this guy wants Tuesdays and Saturdays kind of situation there were a couple times where she was restrained and raped i I just honestly it disgusts me as a lifelong wrestling fan i gotta say that um i i'm i i don't i don't know that i want to stop watching wrestling i part of me believes that like if i watch wrestling am i condoning this behavior uh that's a very interesting question and i um i wish i could give you an easier answer than a yes or no just straight up but i like as you said i don't i don't believe it necessarily is condoning it on the other hand if it's like if you're if you're paying to go, which is like that's part of the fun of it, right? Like going to the live events and like yeah. experiencing that, like that is financially supporting them, which is that's more dubious and it's harder to um, justify. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's hard. It's it sucks when it's like it's in a hobby that you enjoy and it's like it's. I feel like I land on on this for a lot of topics. Just the the it's hard. On the other hand, um, you know, you started with we started with John, like connecting this with John Tory, and let's you know what from what you've just described. Okay, John Tory's situation isn't as bad as that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously it was adultery. Which is, I mean, not great. That's disrespectful. <laughs> you know, to put it very mildly disrespectful. Just, um, you know, what John Tory did fucking sucked. But it what? But you know, for the most part, it was probably consensual. You know, like I don't think there's any part of it where it was like he forced her to do anything she didn't want to do. But 
what connects John Tory and his affair and this story that you are talking about right now is power. And I don't know what it is about people in positions of power. It just, it seems like it really fucks with people's heads and it just demands them to, to act and demand. Exactly. No, because this girl, Janelle Grant, she didn't have the ability to say no. When she tried to say no, she would get treated even worse. That's where the the alleged physical abuse came in, where Vince would open hand slap her across the face. And uh, believe me, I'm not comparing and saying, hey, look at Vincent Fan, look at John Tory. They're not the same. <laughs> the same person. It's, <laughs> it's not the same situation. But I, I have to wonder, and I mean, we may have briefly discussed this when it first came out, but did this woman have the option of saying no? You know, and that's the thing, like even you'll get the people who are, I want to say, I want to say naive in that they think everything is bound by the law. So they'll think, oh, that doesn't like they did this thing to her. That's illegal. Why didn't she go and go to blank? So as you pointed out in the story about her, she was like financially ruined. Like she was desperate. And I, I think a lot of people don't understand the depths that people not are willing to do, but have to do to like, I don't know. And so when you're put in that position, so you get hired and it's the implicit background is that you were hired to perform this service, really. Um, at what point can you stand up and say, hey, actually, uh, I'd like to speak up for my for my rights. It's like, well, okay, be prepared to for the backlash, you know? And again, retaliatory firings are supposed to be illegal, but they can frame it in such a way that it's not retaliatory. It can be performance-based. Like, it's... Not to it's, mention... I'll give you a little context. So this woman was, when she was hired, she was originally put in the legal department and eventually switched over to talent relations. But in either um, department, she had very little to no work. And, you know, the, 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 the big wigs in the, in the office would, she would introduce, she was like, hi, my name's Janelle Grant. And they're, they'd be like, yeah, we know who you are. Oh my God. Yeah. We know who you are. Because uh, Vince would allegedly get her to uh, produce pictures and videos, and he would stupidly, in a publicly traded company, go around and show everybody. But he's the boss. He thinks everyone's afraid of him. Thankfully, he's not the boss anymore. Um, I know that you're not a sports guy, so you don't know this, but WWE was sold to um, Endeavor which is a U.S. company, and so they spun WWE off with UFC together to form a new company called TKO Group Holdings. Holy shit, I really didn't know any of this. Yeah, and um, so Vince McMahon technically was the executive chairman of the board of TKO. He is now no longer the executive chairman of the board as they, I want to say that he, I believe they forced him to resign. Um. And uh, this is, was originally a civil matter, 
And now the federal government is investigating Vince McMahon. And I'm going to tell you this right now. All the shit that I'm hearing. I mean, we'll, we'll get back to, to John Tory in a second. But all the shit I'm hearing. I, I want to make this prediction. I want to go down and say this just so, um, you know, you know, in two years, I can come back and listen to this and see if I was right or not. But uh, John, so you have three defendants, three separate defendants. The company is one defendant. Vince McMahon is by himself. He's another defendant. And then John Laurinaitis is by himself. He's another defendant. John Laurinaitis has already turned on Vince McMahon. The company's going to turn on Vince. So, so the, wait, wait, what was what was John's deal? John was the uh, the vice president of talent relations. He was in charge of hiring and firing the wrestlers. Um, so him and Vince would double team this girl, but okay. Okay. All right. I his, understand. Yeah. But his, his statement is that he's just as much a victim as the girl was. Oh my God. Anyway, <laughs> I will make this prediction because, because the defendants are turning on each other and they're not presenting a United front. I don't believe there's going to be a settlement. If this goes to criminal, a uh, 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 court. I don't believe there will be a plea deal. I believe all this shit's going to come out in a trial, and Vince McMahon is going to go to jail. Don't know for how long. You think there's going to be consequences for a rich man? I honestly believe this man's going to go to jail. That is a bold, bold prediction. And the reason I wanted to talk about sex in the workplace, you know, it's been a rough week for me. Uh, just briefly, guys, uh, you know, I, I hate to do this, but it's, every fucking year there's a February 1st. So it happens every year. Uh, you know, that's the five year anniversary of the day I lost my mom. It's it was really it, it was really a, a bad spot for me. And, you know, I, I've had a lot of time to think and I really wanted to do this episode. I wanted to talk about this. There are other examples, too. It's not just the business world and the political world. It's both. Look what's happening Look at what just happened to Donald Trump. I can't help but laugh. Um, his, one of his, I, I, I hate using the word victim, but in this case, I guess, I guess that's the word that fits. The um, Jean, E. Jean Carroll thing? Yeah, yeah, her. And then, you know, I know it's, it's decades old, but we got to talk briefly about Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. That happened in the workplace. It just so happened he was the president. Um it's... Again, it's they're all connected by the exact same thread. The there's a power imbalance, and that's the thing. Even even if the appearance, the outward appearance is that everyone consents, there's there's still that underlying for like in the case of Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. For Monica, it's like if I say no, that could be my job. Exactly. And that's not right. And I, I guess I don't know where I was going to go with this. Um, I just it just it upsets me that it, it keeps happening. You know, we can I, we can be what are those animals that stick their head in the sand? Oh, um, are we thinking ostrich? Yeah. We could be an ostrich and stick our head in the sand and pretend it don't happen. If in fact that is the right animal <laughs> um, or, you know, we can, it just, it just bothers me. Um, 
And another thing that bothers me is that, you know, with respect to this uh, McMahon thing happening, you know, people are saying, well, this happened over three years. She had plenty of chances to say no. She could have quit. She said that she she could have said, you know, I don't need the fucking money that much. Um, no, it doesn't work that way. You know, I. OK, I I. I've, I've said this before, not on this show. It was on my other show. If you guys look hard enough, you'll find it in quite a bit of detail. But um, when I was a kid, there was an incident with uh, my mom's boyfriend at the time. I was 11. And, um, you know, threats are are a very effective tool to use on anybody to get them to do what you want. You know, um, in my case, there were two threats. Uh, He threatened to kill my mother if I didn't comply. And um, the threat that he used in front of my mother was that... uh, you know, if I misbehaved, you know, but, uh, you know, I knew what the threat was. Like, I knew what it really meant. It was to comply. But my mom didn't know anything. Uh, but he he got her to see that I was misbehaving because I was trying to do anything to set up a smoke signal. You know, I couldn't come right out and tell her because then he would kill her. Um, but. So the second threat would be like, well, you're going to go and be a ward of the children's aid and you'll never see your mother again. She doesn't need your bad behavior. Um, this was probably it was under a year, but it, it was, you know, it was very long. Every weekend we would be at his house. Um. It's, I'm not going to really get into detail, but it started off small and it progressed and I was being groomed. And I thank God every day that his adult son discovered what was going on and reported him. And I got out of that hell hole and so did my mother. And so I really resent the fact that uh, when when people try to say, well, victims should have done this or they should have done that, it it's kind of like when somebody dies, you don't really know how they're going to react. You can't tell somebody how to grieve. And in a way, they're kind of the same thing, because when you go through trauma, there is no right way or wrong way. You can't really tell somebody when they're in it how they should behave. Uh, what they should have done. It's very easy to sit there after the fact and and rewrite the story the way you want to hear it, but that's that's not the way that life works. It's not the way it goes. Um, anything you want to add, Phil? I know I kind of just grabbed it there and took it, but um, no, I listen. I fuck, dude. That's um, first of all, uh, that's fucked up, and I'm really sorry that happened to you. Um, no, I, I I hadn't heard this before. Um and you know what? And here's here's what's really fucked up to me. I mean, obviously it's all fucked up, but it's it's 
you know, like I said with John Tory connecting it with the Vince McMahon thing, it's power. It's about power. It's about being able to display power. But like, how fucked up to want to flex power over a child? I, I don't, I don't understand that. Um, that's fucked up. That's, I mean, ugh, fuck. Yep. Um, I'm sorry, dude. That fuck. <clears throat> uh, I, I, I wasn't anticipating this. I, you know what? It, like I said, it's been a rough week. Um, a lot of things are jumbled in my brain. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to have an honest conversation about why sex in the workplace, specifically um, with a subordinate, is always going to be a bad idea. And here's why. Is the subordinate ever going to be able to say no? Forget if they do say no. Can they say no? Right. It's, it's a lot of it's a lot of unspoken, um, a lot of unspoken understanding, and a lot of people will say, "Well, there are laws," and it's like this is the shit that just gets swept under the rug, you know? Like, and Matt. How long? I wonder how open of a secret it was. This um, John Tory's, you know, affair. You know what I mean? Like, I would love to know at City Hall specifically who knew what and when did they know? God, it's I'd the same be so thing. Curious. It's the same thing that they're asking in Titan Tower, which is where WWE headquarters is. They want to know who knew and when did they know? Or sorry. More specifically, what did they know and when did they know it? Could they have stopped it? Could they have reported it? And if so, you got to go. You're fired. Yeah, that's true. How many how many staffers that worked in John Tory's office knew about him and this girl or woman? Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll be respectful and I'll say woman. But how many knew? Did they all know? And what happens when? Like John Tory left, okay, that, fine. Olivia Chow's the mayor, okay, and and, and in between it was uh, Councillor McAlvey. What happened to those staffers that belonged to John Tory? Did they get recycled? Did they get pink slipped, or are they still there in some form or fashion? Well, those are great questions. I know Olivia Chow personally um, kind of has a lot of Progress Toronto folks um, brought on you know, as part of her staff. So I don't imagine there's a lot of the original Tory staffers left, unless, as you say, maybe they were reshuffled into another position at City Hall. Yeah. So there's that to, to I, I just wonder, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I'm, when I'm curious, I'm going to ask the questions. And, um, you know, we'll go from there. <sighs> Anything else you want to add or do you think we should move on? Um I I think we can move on, but you know, with within the context of fuck. I I don't know I don't know how we fight these I I feel like this will sound very hippie radical. And if, if we had a video podcast, you everyone would see that I used quote fingers when I said hippie radical. Um, and you, you know, just did it to, again. 
Yeah, you know, to, to make a point. Um, but how do we dismantle these these power dynamics that allow, well, I mean, how do we stop this from happening in the first place? I don't know, because, I mean, I keep going back to the Vince example. You know, we're talking about a legitimate billionaire. And he had an NDA in place with this girl. He didn't know at the time that I believe the NDA is going to be is going to turn out to be unenforceable because you can't. There's a new I don't know if you heard about the new law they passed in. It's a federal law in the United States. It's called the Speak Out Act. So you cannot use an NDA to cover up any sexual uh, crimes that oh, you yeah. that you did to that person. But but it specifically says that the statute is only good. I think it was December 22nd, 2023 or t- sorry, 2022 and on. So anything before that, mm. we're good. Might still be like, OK. Um, I don't agree with that language. I no. think it's, I think it should busted everything. Uh, but so there's that there. I'm wondering if there's something similar here in Canada. And, you know, if I thought I could have some faith in contacting the prime minister's office to ask that question, I might do that. But we all know that's a waste of time. God, wouldn't it? You know, it would be fun for us if, you know, uh, money is obviously a problem. Um, But if it weren't a problem, I think it'd be so great if you and I took a trip to Ottawa while there's like sitting in parliament. I Do they have a public gallery in parliament? I actually have no idea. Is that I, stupid that I don't know? Well, they have one in Queens Park, so I would, yeah, I would assume yeah. it's the same. And City Hall has one. So I would hope that they'd have a public gallery in um, Parliament. Like, it'd be great for us to be able to go there and see if, you know, what would be great. And I, I don't say this, you know, insinuating anything, but I bet Pierre Polyev would talk to you. Maybe. That, w- that would actually be interesting. Um, <laughs> that would be. Come very... on, don't, don't hide that. <laughs> don't hide that smile, the image of. You know, I just get the sense that if you presented yourself as someone who, uh, you know, might be, uh, you know, friendly to him, I think he would probably talk to you. That'd be very interesting. Um, sorry, I just wanted to, I just wanted to wrap up the thought that I had. So I was talking about the NDA, and so it called for this girl to receive three million dollars. He paid her one million, and then apparently, uh, what happened was. It got leaked to the media, so he thought she leaked it to the media and stopped paying. So he only paid her $1 million on a $3 million NDA. And a lot of people are saying, I don't know that I agree with this, but a lot of people are saying, if he had just paid her the $3 million NDA, she would have went away. This, this whole thing wouldn't be happening. He's a legit billionaire, and he couldn't, or sorry, wouldn't pay this girl the full money that he said he would pay her. And you know what? Isn't that kind of stupid? He did it to himself. Here's the thing where it's like, uh, you know, here's my, oh my God, uh, I'm not going to use the quote fingers, but I'm going (laughs) to use the hippie radical line again, where it's like, when I, when I say wealth is wasted on the rich, okay? These rich fuckers. Like, he didn't need to hire this woman, woman for sex. He was a billionaire. He could have just hired her with like, uh, a hundred 
$150,000 annual salary. She didn't even have to do anything. It would be nothing to this man. Like, he could just do that. He could just, boom, easy, done. Wealth is wasted on the rich. So I just, oh my God, like, I want to I want to leave you with this before. Sorry, before we, before you start. Oh. as a billionaire, he can afford prostitutes if that's what he wants. I am not shaming sex workers, but just pay them like that. Be honest and then hire this other woman just out of the kindness of your goddamn heart. Microsoft recently announced they were a three trillion dollar company. Then they laid off, I believe, 1900 employees from their Xbox division. What the fuck, Microsoft? You are a $3 trillion company. I hope this all makes sense when I, you know, bring it all together. They're You're not the only one. Fuckers, you could just be good. Right? Levi Strauss uh, laid off a significant portion of their staff as well. A ton of layoffs at huge companies. Now, for me, because it's like my personal hobby, uh, video games and paying attention to that stuff, it's a lot of video game companies I'm seeing that do that are doing layoffs. So it was, I believe at the end of last year, it was Sony, maybe specifically Bungie. Uh, and obviously right now, just now it was Microsoft uh, Embracer uh, Group. And all they seem to do is buy up companies and then lay off staff. I don't know if they actually make video games at Embracer, um, but it's just, it is a bad time for workers right now. It's It's crazy. And... I just wish that we could protect the workers better than obviously a shit job is being done right now, both, both to, you know, keep employment and also to protect people from sex in the workplace. Um, it's just horrible. And I know we want to move on to the budget. I think we should include it all together, but before I do, I want to leave you with this. Um, maybe you'll have a sound bite for me. Hold on. So check this out. If, in fact, Donald Trump is successful and wins the presidency this November. Yeah, holy fuck. <laughs> what do you think the chances are that he's going to pardon his quote-unquote best friend, Vince McMahon? Oh, shit. Um, good question. You know what? That, fuck, good question. Um. Because Donald Trump, Donald Trump rewards loyalty. Um, and I, I feel like if if the American public votes him in again, like, you know, we got January 6th at the end of Donald Trump's presidency. I think that was really his way of saying, I don't give a fuck about, you know, norms and decorum and all that. Um, so I feel like I think if the American people elect Donald Trump again, I think he won't give a shit about even the appearance of corruption. I think he will. I think you're right. I think he would. I think he would pardon his buddy. I'm just saying, I think it's possible. The couple people I've said to are like, no, he won't be able to do that. There'll be too much pushback. If he's the president, it won't matter. Yeah. Uh, what is pushback ever stopped him from doing what he wants? And it's not like he's got to serve eight years. He only has four left. Yeah, that's right. And even then, like, uh, I, I think people enough people aren't considering this. And listen, a lot of people are considering this about Biden. So we can't do like an uno reverse. And I'm talking about the fact that these dudes are on death's door. I don't even mean that to be rude. Like, um, they just they are. And 
Trump isn't Trump is only helped because he's like the four years younger. He's like the one term younger than Biden. But his diet is pretty much just like Wendy's and McDonald's. It's insane what this man eats. Um, and the fact that he's not died yet is insane to me. And I don't even mean that as a partisan rude jab. I just mean that he eats like I do. I am a I am a raccoon incarnate. I love to eat garbage. If if I could, I could eat it every day. Me and Donald Trump are kindred spirits in that very fucked up way. Um, but that man should be dead. I'm going to make one more prediction. Uh, <laughs> 2028 for for u.s president it's gonna be um what's that guy's name that bowed out ron DeSantis. oh fuck versus the rock <laughs> for the democrats i'm i'm serious no that's amazing i really I, no, believe that. i no i love that especially okay no, like, so Donald Trump, that's like the celebrity Republican, right? And so The Rock would be the celebrity Democrat. Is that kind yes. of where you're going with that? Yes. That Sorry, that would be amazing. I I don't know how he can manifest this as, you know, a Toronto Municipal podcast, but if we can manifest it, if all our listeners, if we can kumbaya together, uh, 2028, you know, again, I'm not crazy about the Ron DeSantis being on the Republican side, but The Rock. Who would you as... prefer? Hold on, hold on. Who would you prefer? Ted Cruz? No. Oh, my God. Oh. Is it Matthew, Ron? Why are you it... doing this to me? No, what I'm saying is listen, fuck, fuck Republicans. Okay. Actually, fuck Democrats. Fuck them all. But, but. Yeah, fuck you as politicians. That's, but that's fair. Isn't Ron DeSantis the best? Best of the bad choices? No, God, no? no, absolutely not. I, I think, I think, would Nikki Haley be the 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 best of the worst? Um, isn't she the U.S. version of Andrea Horwath? Or no, no, Kathleen Wynne. Hey, well, listen again. If she's the American version of Andrea Horwath, I'm just thinking weed mom. So. Uh, that's again just endearing me to to Nikki Haley. This image that she's or could a, she, a weed mom, or could she be the U.S. version of Christia Freeland? Well, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um. Nope. You're right. That sucks. Um. I, I don't know. Listen, I I don't know who is the best of the worst, but at the moment, at the moment, I think I might be landing on Nikki Haley as the best of the worst. I forgot but, about her. Democratic candidate, The Rock. It's got to be The Rock. Biden will so Biden, fucking funny. Biden might not be alive by then. No, and then he the, can't be. And then the only other one, maybe, is Michelle Obama. Or, you know, Kamala Hillary. Harris has been like very invisible her entire time as VP. Um, but I wonder if maybe I'm just misreading American politics. And I wonder if she tries to shoot for the presidential what about uh chelsea clinton i don't i don't know if she's big into politics i think she's very quiet like i know she's she's done some political stuff i it's like it's not it's not unbelievable well hopefully we don't have to get stuck with like an ivanka trump or donald trump oh jr god. eric oh trump. my god donald trump jr running for president of the united states too That's... many trumps oh my god i mean we, the Bushes hey, did it. hey we've been trumped Oh, we certainly have. But anyway, we're going to 
we're going to take a short break here and we'll come back and see you guys on the other side. And we're back. The alternatively that I was referring to before we left was uh, that the United States could simply go on a large writing campaign to make me their president of the United States. That's all I'm saying. The U.S., you guys, it's not like you've got a great streak going so far. How much worse can you do with the president, Philip Mills? Don't give me no shit about the Constitution. I don't care. That's what mail-in ballots are for. Hell yeah. <laughs> Just write the name on the thing and then mail it in. Yeah. Philip <laughs> Mills from Canada. It'll be perfect. The perfect campaign. All right. I think uh, I think people want to hear what we think about the 2024 municipal Toronto municipal budget. Um, do you want to run? Do you have a breakdown of what they say they're going to spend? I have it here somewhere, but <laughs> so if you want to look that up, because only because. So I I would like just to talk about me going to the Scarborough Southwest community budget consultation. All right, um, let's, let's start there while I look this up. Go ahead. Great. Cool. So uh, I got to tell you um, the most common place that I've, I've been to repeatedly to speak as a political entity has been the, um, the Birchmount community center, um, because that's where I was when I went for my debate when I was running for city council. That's where I was when I went as a supporter for Kevin. Uh, that was, you know, the year after. And now we just ended up there with uh, Councillor Kendavell, um, Mayor Chow, uh, city budget person. I don't know his name. I actually think it's Stephen something but I don't know his name. I'm sorry. And one other person whose role I could not tell you if my life depended on it. Uh, because again, my focus was on my counselor and Mayor Chow. So first of all, I think it was great that they were doing these community consultations because at least as far as I was aware, I never got the sense that Gary Crawford or John Tory did that sort of stuff. You know, it, it never seemed like they were forward and trying to bring the community in to be a part of the budget. So I do appreciate where they were, what they were going for. So, you know, whatever. I listened to their their budget presentation. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I'm a terrible listener. Uh, I wasn't... I. <laughs> I came with an agenda, okay? I, I had a question I wanted to ask. I was desperate to ask it. And so, you know, they talked money stuff. And I'm, like, laser-focused on on how I want to get this across to the mayor. Because, first of all, I'm excited that the mayor is there to listen to me talk specifically. Because, you know, how often do you get the opportunity to directly say what you want to say to the mayor? And to their credit, um, they really gave a lot of time and room for the people in that room to ask a question uh, because a lot of people did want to ask questions. And uh, so I think that's pretty rad. Now, we were given that. Uh, we were only given a minute time frame to, to make our question. So, Matthew, 
as you know, you're aware of what my position is when it comes to please, please funding, you know, where I think that should go. You know, I would personally like to see the police budget divested more into community services. Um, but because I don't believe that this city council in particular would be amenable to that specifically, I came on a, I want to call it an economic agenda. So, um, first of all, I started by bringing up that Toronto Star article, the one that we talked about last week in my email to uh, my counselor about how an increase in the budget and police budgets don't necessarily indicate an increase in community safety. And so I said, in the context of that, as well as our $1.8 billion shortfall, how do we justify any budget increase to the Toronto police? Again, that is kind of selling my, my ideals short, but I felt like that was a very compromised position. And here's something, I, I don't know if this will kind of be of interest to you, Matthew, but it is kind of interesting to me. Every time I've I've kind of spoken out about my sort of anti-police position, I'm always worried that I'm going to get pushback. But every time I'm kind of like in these in these spaces and I and I bring it up, I'm surprised to sort of get get a vibe from the audience that they agree with what I'm saying. So when we're talking about our city budget and, you know, the mayor's talking about looking at places, you know, for savings, but the police are getting an increase, despite the fact that they're not improving their service to us. Um, I don't know how often, Matthew, you've had to call the police for anything, but in both my home life and my work, you know, profession, I'm in a position to call the police and it's just like I I've never had a positive experience, you know, with the police. I know I've just I've got a very anti-police position, but I'm surprised. I'm just surprised that the people in that in that place weren't so weren't so rejecting of the idea. And I'm just I'm sort of wondering, is there room for a politician to be openly anti-police? Is this my way to become city councilor? I, I mean, and to be honest, I hope it is because uh, when I do run again, I'm not going to hide who I am. I don't know. You're not far off. And while we disagree on that, that word that you love to say, defund the police, I am I think of it more of holding the police in check. You know, all this shit that's come out in the last year, and I mean, even before that, about the police just not doing their job. I mean, they're having another inquiry about the 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 streetcar shooting. Yeah, they just, Is just that Sammy Yatin, Ten, I believe was his name. Yatim, yeah. Ten years ago. Why are we still talking about this? What can we learn? Well, the police should have more training. That's what it said in the little blurb on oh my God. CB24. And I'm like, awful. No shit. No shit. No fucking shit. Here's I think, I don't, you know what? I don't think the police need more training. I think the police need consequences. God damn it. 
The big problem, and I'll say it again, I will say it until my face turns blue, which hopefully isn't that anytime soon. The problem is, is that there's not enough police. So every officer is working overtime, whether it's paid duty or straight overtime. That drives the budget up. No wonder they need all that money and they have to have all the fancy new toys. You know, when I was even 10 years ago, we had there were sedans were police cars. Now it's all being and now we have they're all SUVs now. Um, Kill the mounted unit. I'm sorry if anyone's offended by me saying that. But kill the mounted unit. It's six million dollars that First we of can all, put somewhere else. Put the horses wrong, at the Matthew, zoo. Wrong. I will listen. Wrong. Because according to the Toronto Police Association, one police horse does the work of ten officers. We need more horse police. We need less human officers. I think that's what the Toronto Police Association is saying. What do you do? Tie a rope around the horse and then handcuff and then handcuff the guy to the to the rope? Oh my god. I sorry. And like a lot of my problems with again this whole campaign that the Toronto Police Association is running to try to get more money from the city is it's like they're saying uh our priority one calls are our 22 minute response times and it's like you guys that's you guys are fucking up you're asking us you're saying it like a we need the money to do better and it's more like no you guys have been fucking up you need to prove that you can do this i don't know if you agree with me on this we've we've talked i think we've talked about this briefly I truly believe that the city of Toronto should yank the 911 services from the police. Yes. Merge it with 311 and put it under city control, not police control. Absolutely. And I I think one of the stats that comes up when, um, like, there's a pretty good kind of community, um, community, what do I want to call it? I want to say messaging kind of going around, you know, fund care not cops i think that's from the toronto citizens collective they're the group who really completely derailed the mayor or a mayoral candidate bradford's campaign that group that was fun they they're great guys they do good work um he messed up he messed up your boy they really did mess up (laughs) my boy and fuck he deserved it he needed a humbling uh i would love for bradford to listen to this and just like be like why does he say these mean things about me? <laughs> um, Pretty soon you'll 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 be at work, and then a package will arrive, and it'll be like, "This is for Philip," and it'll shit. and it'll be a box of chocolates from Bradford. I will listen. <laughs> um, I will not eat those. <laughs> I swear to God, they will show up, and I will not. Holy shit. I can't remember what I was gonna say. Sorry. No, no, this is funnier. This is so much better. Um, okay, sorry, but to get back to the community, the Scarborough community consultation for the budget. <laughs> sorry. I love to I, I could rag on the police for 17 million years. I could just have a podcast that's just ragging on Sean Shapiro's Ask a Cop, you know, podcast like Actually, before uh, before you go any further, I assume the Toronto Police has a CFO, 
someone who controls the money, not just the chief of police. Am I right? I assume, or... You're probably right. I I have no idea. That per- that person needs to be fired. Absolutely. I you know when people talk about the Toronto Police budget from 1999 to now, to be as reasonable as possible while still being outrageous, they'll tell you. With inflation, this is a 31% increase. In wow. my mind, in my mind, I'm like, make it, guys, fuck it. Make it an emotional appeal. The raw number is the Toronto Police budget from 1999 to 2024 has doubled. That I number is just straight up doubled. I think in the next month, we're going to get the sunshine list for 2023. I can't and... wait to count how many police officers <sighs> are on that list to make my point. Anyone who doesn't believe me, go to previous years, and I, I will, I am willing to bet. From like Phil said, from 1999 until today, if you count how many police officers are on the Sunshine List every year, that number probably goes higher every year, not lower, higher. And you know, there's a certain political segment of people who really hate the idea of public servants. Because in their mind, it's like, you know, it's a waste of taxpayer dollars. But the police are always exempt from this criticism. It's always just, it seems like it's, you know, especially you'll have so many people right now criticizing the property tax increase at the same time are like, we need to give the police more money. It's like, so you, again, it's just a blank check to the police. And also we need to pay for it somehow. I know you don't like him very much, but there was a recent article by Brian Lilly. Um, and he was talking about the um, the uh, the increase, the 9%. Uh, and he was saying that uh, it was the, the thing that Olivia Chow said about exempting multi, multi-unit uh, uh, residents like that those houses or whatever those properties from the tax um but he I think said m- my understanding was that it was a lower increase not that it was an exemption i could be wrong you know you're right it's a lower increase um but so that the landlords will not pass them on to the tenants but brian lilly <sighs> believes that that will not work and I know you don't. He's your boy. No, 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 no. Like no. Him, Here's but... the thing. I, I fucking hate the guy, but he's not wrong. And that's here's a frustrating thing. And Brian <laughs> and it's not frustrating just because Brian Lilly isn't wrong. But of course, that's for me. That's a little thorn to my side. If he says something right, I have to be like, uh, the worst person, you know, has made a valid point or whatever. Um, No, he's absolutely right. Landlords are going to take any opportunity to increase rents regardless. And okay, I'm going to give this example to you, Matthew. When people when people talk about raising the minimum wage, a lot of people will kind of answer in response, oh, so you want them to increase automation so people lose jobs faster because they don't want to pay this higher minimum wage. And my cynical response to that is they're already doing that. You know what I mean? It's like, so in the same way, uh, every year there's a, a maximum allowable rent increase that most landlords 
will do. And some, of course, try to do the above increase by writing to the Landlord-Tenant Board. Um, without a property tax increase, they still try to increase renters' rates. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So it's like, even if now they're trying to be like, oh, the people who own property, so the people who are technically wealthy, I know there are people who are house poor, but hopefully you get what I'm saying. You know, they should pay a bigger portion of it, but without legislation to protect renters, they are just going to charge a difference as a rent increase. So it's like Brian Brian Lilly is right, which is, it hurts me to say out loud. Um, he's not going to listen to this. If he listens to this podcast, fuck you, Brian. I'll never say it again that you're right. But in this instance, you are right. But I, I feel like it's a situation of you're right but who else is doing the right things to protect us otherwise? Even a blind squirrel finds a nut. <laughs> so, okay. Speaking of Brian Lilly, and sorry to go back to my community consultation thing because I keep jumping away. Part of how I asked my question about how to justify the budget increase to the police is I included a jab at Toronto Sun's Brian Lilly independent MP Kevin Wong and former mayoral candidate Anthony Fury, who all suggested that Mayor Chow's budget was a defund of the police, which, as you and I both know, is not true. So when I finished finally asking my question, which, again, just to summarize, the bottom line was essentially, how do we justify any increase? You know, again, I didn't get to my beliefs about funding other shit. That was my question. How do you just fight any increase? So when Mayor Chow took the microphone, she kind of made a, a quip, a quick quip about, well, which part of that do you want me to answer to? Essentially, either the police budget or the the media kind of lying about what she's doing. And I've got to tell you, I knew I knew my police question was more important but if I knew that the answer that she was going to give me was going to be so disappointing, I would have told her to just talk to me about the media shit. You know, like, I think that would have been a much more interesting answer because the answer I got from the mayor. And listen, I understand it's a hard question to ask because it's it's a it's a strong negative of how do you justify what you're doing? It's not me saying change course. It's me demanding an explanation for something that is happening. And clearly, by the way I've phrased my question, I reject the premise that more money to the police equals more safety. But all she offers as a justification is that we have street festivals like Taste of the Danforth, you know, Taste of Lawrence, that stuff. And we need police there as security. That was what she offered me when I asked, how do you justify the police increase? That was her answer to me. And I got to tell you, listening to her respond to other people's questions, you know, uh, my buddy, rival candidate, Kevin Rupasing was there. Um, he asked about funding for the Scarborough busway, which actually, my understanding is that is in the budget, funding for the Scarborough busway. Um, Chrisanne, um, I don't know his last name, but he's a very nice guy. Um, he was there too. 
you know, I felt like the mayor answered a lot of questions very well. I just felt like her answer to my question was shit. <laughs> like, particularly shit. And it was so disappointing that that was my experience getting to have an answer directly from the mayor. Which was nice, by the way. It was, again, I appreciate that the mayor was actually there to talk to us. Like, I, I can step back from what I feel is a shitty response to me and say, thank you for, you know, coming. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the... So the original request from the police chief was $20 million added to their overall budget of whatever one point, whatever billion it is. I, I don't remember. <clears throat> so... I, I love it because in the, in the beginning, 12.7 was being taken out of the budget. <laughs> Somehow now it's 12.6. Gee, I don't know why. Um, I and, really do love that you you really stuck on to that number. And I love it so much. It just drives me nuts. Well, and, speaking of which, why don't you talk about what how you feel as if you're you're being ignored i am being ignored and i think uh you know to go back to our 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 first segment just really quickly i think it has to do with my comments regarding uh counselor uh, war 21 counselor michael thompson um i'll say it again i think it's disrespectful that he's serving in any sort of uh way for the government, even the municipal government, went up on serious charges like this. I think it's irresponsible of the city of Toronto. I think it's irresponsible of the province to allow it. Uh, you know, they had to coerce, my, my opinion, my opinion, they had to coerce Vince McMahon to resign. He's one of the most hard-headed people on the face of the planet. You can ex- ask and, and, and try to get someone to resign. You can't fire Michael Thompson because he was elected. Um, anyway, I had recently said that we were going to have Diane Sachs on the program. Unfortunately, uh, that's not happening. I- I'm not trying to connect dots here, but I- I'm left with I don't know what else. Um. Boo! It's. I mean, it's either that or they don't want to talk about Dundas Street. Boo, Diane Sachs. Boo. Should I? Uh, okay, you know what? Maybe... We no, we no, we re- we respect Diane Sachs. Maybe. Uh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> Councillor Sachs. I just uh, maybe I got caught up in my feelings. Don't take no, it too no, personally. No, no, it's right to call her out because <laughs> she said she said she would come on. She's not coming on. Hopefully, we can rectify this um but i mean it 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 goes it goes to shelly carroll as well nobody wants to talk about dundas street nobody wants to answer my question um i don't know we had a little twitter well i had a twitter thing because she didn't answer me (laughs) um she had put out stuff about the budget and i i I guess tagged one of her points and I asked a question, 
you have not answered my question or my email. Why aren't you going to answer my question? Is Dundas Street, the, the money to rename it, included in the budget? Because here's what I believe is going to happen. I believe the money is included. They're not going to say it right now. They're going to wait until maybe spring or maybe the summer. Then they're going to announce it then. All the while, the money will be tucked into into the, the coffers at City Hall, and it'll stay there. But they've got it now. Wouldn't it just be like under infrastructure or something? They, they could be hiding it under infrastructure as well. Um, It just, it, it bugs me. It really bugs me that they're going to go ahead. And you know what? I think they're trying to clear another encampment. I'll even say that. I mean, I mentioned this. Have you, have you heard anything? I haven't heard anything like so, this. So I mentioned this on a previous episode. Remember when I was having my conversation with Counselor Matlow? Mm-hmm. So I mentioned that there's a uh, an encampment that I drive by to catch the Jameson Bridge to get out of the city um, when I'm done delivering during the day. So this is, like I said, it's either Lamport or Lamport 2. I, can't, I don't know which one it is. It's on Frasier, uh, which, which ends at King Street. So last summer... And through the winter, through the beginning of the winter, uh, fall and winter, the whole park was full of tents. And in the last month, I've seen the tents start to disappear. And then I I drove there, I think it was Wednesday or, or yesterday. No, yesterday was Saturday. Wednesday or Friday, I would have driven, driven by there. And there's only two tents left. So, I mean, it's not the violent clearing that we had under John right, Tory, yeah. who has, side note, has the fucking gall to start, start, did you see him? He was on CP24 commenting on, commenting on uh, Olivia Chow's budget. This motherfucker, like, coming on and pretending he's allowed to be a member of polite society, like, go, you wasted an entire... Mayoral campaign. Go fuck yourself. Why is he like acting as if we should treat him with respect? Fuck him. Who owns CP24? That's Bell. I thought he works for Rogers. (laughs) Well, he probably just has, you know, all the connections, the insider phone connections. (laughs) That's son of a bitch. Fuck him. Yeah, so so I I I tweeted this to Shelly Carroll and I was like What's going on? No answer. I wasn't expecting an answer, guys. I'm not saying, hey, you should have answered me. You know, I don't have sour grapes because of that. I just, I would like someone, anyone to come and tell me yes or no. Is the money for Dundas Street renaming included in the 2024 budget? And the fact that they won't say no has me worried because as we both know, or maybe you've heard this before. Silence speaks volumes. If it was no, they would just say no. I mean, wouldn't they? Yeah, true. Here's a, here's a side thing, okay? The the email I talked about in our last episode, I never got a response to that. Now, at the community budget consultation, I did get to talk to Parthi. And I've got to tell you, there is a part of me that there's a part of me that feels like I'm a I'm a nobody if this 
I hope my train of thought will make sense when I get there. So that it's like, there's no reason for them to remember me. Parsi remembers who I am. You know what I mean? Like, he shakes my hand. He's like, oh, Phil, how's it going? Like, that's inherently charming that, you know, Parthi is remembering that stuff, you know? So that's great. And I I talked to Parthi after the meeting. And so first of all, I mentioned the email. And he was kind of like, you know, he was kind of like, oh, did did nobody respond to your email? And And to be honest... Especially, you have to understand, I'm not a very confrontational person, so I'm not, like, there to be like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Nobody from your office got back to me on my very kindly worded email where I talked about being collaborative partners for building a better Toronto. It was very sentimental. You you should read my emails, Parthi. But, (laughs) But, no, and it was like he was genuinely, like, like, embarrassed. Like, I was calling him out, and I said to him, I was like, you know, like, new counselor office like i don't know what the limitations are you know maybe like so he he did seem to appreciate that i wasn't busting his balls for not getting again i i'm gonna give him some grace he is a very fresh counselor he's gonna have very fresh staff um and sorry and i only brought that up because i i asked him about um if he was still interested in bringing up um, a constituency office, because as you and I, I think we found out, not every counselor has the constituency office, which I think is insane. Um, but Parthi seems committed to still having a constituency office. And he told me that one of the places they're looking at is the place that I had recommended to him on Twitter. It's uh, Danforth Road and fuck, I, I forget the name of the street when you go up this way. But essentially it's Accessible from Warren Station. It's accessible from Kennedy Station. Technically accessible from Victoria Park Station, but you'd probably just go to Kennedy and or Warden. Um, it's at a plaza, so it's a parking lot. So it's uh, driving accessible. It's in a residential area. Like, I just think it would be a great place for a constituency office. So I really appreciated that he said they were looking at it. So... Overall, for the budget, though, what are your what are some thoughts? Do we think they're spending enough on affordable housing infrastructure? I know they're they're planning to spend a lot on um, like down the road projects. There's a word for that. There's a phrase, but I can't I don't <laughs> remember what it is. Uh, stuff like the Eglinton Crosstown, finishing the Finch LRT, stuff like that. Um, other than the the cop business and and we'll put that aside and we'll put aside the the Dundas Street stuff. Yeah. Putting what, aside our personal gripes. What do you think of the the budget? I think it's okay. I think it's um Here's the thing. I I don't know what's the magic number for any particular program to fix the problems that John Tory and his absolute terrible mismanagement of our city. I don't know how much we need to fix all of these problems. So, but from what I've seen, I do feel like there's a lot of stuff put in the right things. Not everything. It's not perfect. But I do feel like it's a lot of, I. there's a good, I feel like there's a good library focus, for example. You know, like, I believe they're getting it back to open seven days a week. I, I think that's a solid thing to commit to. Um, 
we got some money from the federal government for refugees. I think that's solid as hell. Um, there's there's some wins in the budget. It's not perfect, but there are some wins. My my other than, like I said, other than those two things we talked about, where's the money for the Toronto homeless? I understand we have we see the money from the federal government for the refugees. I get it. Uh, you know, I've spoken to people and, uh, you know, families are living together because they can't get apartments. They're either not available or not affordable. And uh, I know this one friend who lives in the building uh, with uh, like two families live together. And I keep asking her, put your name in the building for the building. And she's like, I've already done that. I keep getting bumped for refugee families. Now, Matthew, as a just a, a quick pause, and I could I could be wrong. My my understanding of how the federal money comes in for the refugees. And again, I could be talking out of my asshole. This is just what I thought was my understanding was the money we're getting from the federal government as for the refugees. But that money, I believe it's matched by the provincial government. And I actually, I I believe that's supposed to go towards our shelter system. But again, I mean, it's a great, great system, but the shelter is just. There's not enough. It's a Band-Aid system. Yes. And that's yes, the problem. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, the other issue I have is the, I know it's not much, but it's the $7,600 raise for Mayor Chow, which I don't understand. See, what frustrates me about it I don't, if we weren't in a cost of living crisis, I don't think people would be so critical of it because it really does feel like a very natural, like I, I'm not crazy about, for example, CEO compensation in private industry, but of course it's private industry. They can do whatever the fuck they want. Like that's sort of the thing, right? Um, with, the mayor's salary, like, again, as you pointed out, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot of money, but it's, I understand it's the optics that are bad. And here's the thing, you know, um, I'm just looking it up right now. You know, and there's this, like, group that's, like, the Canadian so Taxpayer Association, and they're... You know, they were upset about the property tax increase and they're like, you know what? Mayor Chow should just forego her her raise instead of the property tax increase. And it's like the the amount of money that Mayor Chow is getting in that raise is like in is like nothing compared to the money that would be raised by a property tax. So then why is she getting it? Well, listen, 2023 mayor salary. $216,160.13. I mean, it's a lot of money. She ain't starving. You're ab listen, absolutely correct. I think it's I think I think any defense of like a budget increase is simply a this is how things normally are. And it's not that it's right necessarily. It's just that it's not unusual, but it's a bad look, especially right now. And I think that we'll end it there. I think we did a good job tonight. Uh, you know, I, I always like getting together with you and recording these podcasts. It never gets old. It's always fun. 
especially because we got this time to like ruminate on the politics of the week. And then uh, we get to hash it out. Absolutely. So for our listeners, we want to thank each and every one of you. Um, you know, recently, I don't know if I told you this, but we have listeners now in more places, places like Russia, <laughs> places like Pakistan. Holy shit. Vladimir Putin is listening to us. <laughs> places like, um, I mean, I've said Belgium before, Mexico, El Salvador, uh, St. Vincent and the Grenadines. The U.S. God, Canada. I need better. I need We're better geographic knowledge so that I could be like, "Holy shit!" Places president is listening to us. We're in like thirty states. Fuck yeah. We're in like ten. Okay, no, because the territory technically is not a province, but we're in like I think two territories and like fuck yeah six provinces. Hell yeah. Yeah. So thank you guys you know so what? much. You know listening. who's listening to us in Alberta? Daniel Smith. Oh, well, fuck, that'd be so... Oh, fuck, I've got some... Anyways, no, no. But I was thinking the the girl municipals from Alberta, remember? Oh, yeah. I guess we should reach out to them and say, hey, we've been doing this for over a year. Can you choose a different name? Please, we thought we were so clever. <laughs> oh. Anyway, um... Thank you guys for listening to this episode. As always, you you know how to reach us. Municipalspod at yahoo.com. Um, let us know what you think of our content. Any of the counselors want to reach us. That's where you reach us. Email us. We'll read it on the air. Anyway. We got to get our counselor boys back. Our boy Perusa. We got to get your boy Stephen Holiday on here. Oh, my God. Listen, as as, <laughs> as cringy as I am feeling about that. It would probably be amazing. Like, probably a great episode. So, again, uh, for Phil, thank you guys very much. And we will see you guys next time with uh, fresh content. And welcome to another jam-packed edition of The Municipals. Rising taxes are probably a reality. I'm a big advocate of change. Not change for change's sake. Change when something isn't working. I'm sure the NDP wishes that they had a less embarrassing federal partner to work with right now. Don't vote, can't pitch. The moment we go to an election is the end of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau.